0: Hi, this is Cindy Godwin, pastor of Summit Church, and this is our chosen podcast. I wanna thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you. I hope that it helps build up your faith and remind you that God has chosen you and set you apart for his purpose. Enjoy the message. You know, I was thinking I don't really know who all the superheroes are today. I mean, I know a few of them. I mean, they're fake, they're fantasy, but but I know there's a lot of them. And, you know, my grandchildren constantly reprove me because I don't know the difference between Marvel and agents, and I I don't even know if those are the same. (laughs) But I do know that when I was a little girl and probably a few of you will remember, there was this actor named George Reeves, and from 1952 until 1958, who did he play? (laughs) Superman. All right. We have some people my age in here. He was the original Superman, and I loved him. I loved George Reeves. I thought he was the best, and of course, the technology then wasn't what it is today, and it was, if you go back and somehow watch the old George Reeves Superman it's totally corny and you know it was black and white and he went into a phone booth remember he'd go into a phone booth and come out as Superman and and I just thought he was absolutely so wonderful but today and then and forevermore we have a real Superman and his name is Jesus And he doesn't have to go into a phone booth booth, because if you've given your heart to him, he lives in you. And if you haven't, that is something you absolutely cannot leave here or quit listening to this without doing. He is eternal life. He is our glory. He is the lifter of our head. He is our healer. And I'm just telling you, the Lord's really been dealing with me about what we imagine And maybe in the next several weeks, I'll be talking to you about imagination. I was talking to one of my children about that, because imagination almost sounds like something you're making up as a child. You know, how many of your children, or maybe you had a, what is it called? Oh, my goodness, I can't remember what we called them. A a friend, imaginary friend, that was it. And they had imaginary friends and would talk to their imaginary friend. And that friend was every bit as real to them as we are. But, you know, God gave us an imagination to use it. And I'm going to show you in the scripture how very often when the Bible talks about your mind, it's talking about your imagination. And honestly, until you can imagine it, you can't have it. That's why he took Abraham out and he said, look at the stars. He gave him something to imagine. He said, your descendants will outnumber them and they have. Because Abraham had to believe God before it was reckoned to him. And then he said, look at the sand. I mean, I'm sure everybody in here, whether you've ever left the state of Texas or not, has been to the beach. Or I guess you call it the beach in Texas. I'm not impressed. But I mean, when you've seen the oceans, when you've been to the Atlantic, or really, I think the Pacific is majestic, or in some of our other cases, other parts of the world it's so 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 majestic and imagine <laughs> that god told him your descendants will outnumber the sand what did he what was he telling him imagine that so that you can have it and so i'm really meditating on that because i'm just convinced that we don't see ourselves as whole, W-H-O-L-E, because we just can't imagine it. And so, as the Lord reveals more to me, I'll be sharing it with you. So we have been talking about, last week we started talking about healing and receiving our healing. And I read to you the, uh, a clip from the Bethel prayer room that is so magnificent. I don't have time to read it today, but you can go back and, and I read the whole thing. You can access the podcast. A lot of you have asked me how. Just go to SummitSA.com, click on Media, and scroll down Media until you get to Chosen. and Click on Chosen, and then you'll be able to—there's a lot of good podcasts, but you'll also be able to find mine, and it's always on by the same night that I share the message. And sometimes you can find it on Facebook Live. I have a lot of people telling me they can't find it at all, and I have no idea why, but bless them anyway. So— Last time we stopped, I'm reading the entire message, but I'm just taking, what do you call it? A sound bite. I'm just taking little clips because I think it's so important that we get this. I mean, get it. I don't just mean here. Remember the journey from here to here is the longest journey on earth. Getting it from your head to your heart. But faith speaks with the mouth and believes in the heart. And so many of us are walking with mental assent. We acknowledge it with our mind, but faith isn't found in the mind. Faith is found in the heart. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. And that's why the Bible says we have to be fixated on Jesus. Hebrews eleven two or 12 2, Hebrews 12 2, that he is the author and the perfecter of our faith. And so that's why in part of this that I'll read maybe next time. That's why it's so important to be fascinated with Jesus, to keep our imagination, our mind on him. And so I left off with Jesus healed them all and gave you at least 10 examples in the word of God, in the gospels where Jesus healed everybody, every single one of them, every disease, every affliction, the blind, the deaf, the maimed, the mute, the disease, every disease he cured, mental illness, emotional illness, cured it all, he healed them all. We don't see that much in this country. I don't know if we see it at all in this country. But I'm not going to stop till we do, at least in my part. And so I'm going to read. I'm just going to continue where I left off. I left off with he healed every person who came to him without exception. And I won't finish today either because I want to go slow and I want, I want to get this and I want you to get it. So the next part says there was never a time When he laid hands on someone and said, it's not my timing. Now, how many of you who have had the tradition preached to you? Well, it's just not time. But we're talking about Jesus. Now, it may not be time for you to get the job that you're waiting for. It may not be available yet. It may not be time for you to meet the spouse that you're praying for. He may not be here yet. Before our oldest daughter, Kelly, met Matt, and I was praying, and I picked up a little acrylic piano. She collected music boxes because she's a, um, a musician. And I, when I opened this music box, it played somewhere over the rainbow. And the Lord spoke to me through that. You know, he can speak to you through secular things. And he said, I have, I'm preparing her husband on earth as it is in heaven. Pray him down. Because we, I mean, I, I don't know about you, but if I see a rainbow, it's in the heavens. I can't touch it yet. And I knew I had to command heaven to earth. And I did. And it was shortly after that, that Pam Williams and followed by Cindy Godwin, followed by one other friend, that the same day, unbeknownst to one another, called me and said, "Is Kelly met Matt Mills. And guess what? His favorite song that he played for her on the saxophone was Somewhere Over the Rainbow. Now listen, you this is not Hollywood. This is life. And so, very often, we are just living in the tomorrow, but we had to wait a little while. It wasn't actually long because I began to imagine praying him to earth or into her life would be more accurate. But there are certain things that are promised by the word of God that are today. And I believe that we can renew our mind to have our health today. Our mental health, our emotional health, our physical health. So, Yesterday, was yesterday February 6th? Oh no, what's today? What was yesterday? The 5th, okay. No, that was a trick, I knew that. So this was February 4th. I was praying, and the Lord began to give me the word today. And so I heard, Hebrews 4, 7, so I looked it up. Again, he sets a definite day, a new today. And he gives another opportunity of securing that rest, saying, today, today. If you would hear his voice, and when you hear it, do not harden your hearts. So I looked up what today means in the Greek. And it means this day, at present. Give you an example. This is something else I heard, Luke 2, 11. When the angels appeared, what did they say? For today is born to you in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Was he talking about someday? No, he was talking about today. And it came to pass, it happened. And then what about... The Lord's Prayer, give us this day our daily bread. How about if we're praying, we're hungry, and we're praying for for food, for provision. I mean, do you want God to say, just hang on, it'll be here in three weeks? No. He said, pray, give me this day, this day. And, And, of course, one of my favorite women in the Bible, who was, you know, a wreck, Was a Syrophoenician woman because her daughter was demon possessed, remember? And I know daily bread is physical provision. But when she came and said, Lord, my daughter is cruelly demon possessed, heal her. And Jesus said, Oh, I can't take children's bread and give it to the dogs. Now, what if she'd been offended? I mean, that was a bad thing, by the way. In those days, dogs were not pets. And they did not sleep with you and wake you up in the middle of the night like my dog did last night. And, you yeah, know, it's just so cute. But sometime in the middle of the night, she'll get excited and she'll go come over to us. And yes, yeah, she sleeps in my bed and she'll start licking our face and wagging her tail. I don't think that's cute <laughs> at all. But she's cute. But in those days, dogs were just scavengers. So when Jesus called her a dog, he was insulting her. But she knew it was her today. And she said, "Ah, Lord. But even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Jesus said, no, that's children's bread. In other words, healing belongs only to my children. And she said, no, Lord. No, even dogs get the children's bread. Oh, woman, great is your faith. You know, Jesus, I believe, only said that two times, (laughs) telling somebody their faith was great. And that daughter was healed that very day, delivered that very day, today. And so one thing I know for sure, we need to start developing a today mindset. Now, this morning... I'm just going to tell you what I heard. And by the way, Sue, that was powerful. You do that more. Don't you dare hold back. Elizabeth, did you record that for me? Good girl. I just so appreciate you. And this is what I heard. Today, the day of canceled disappointment. That word disappointment in the Greek means shame, disgrace, put to utter confusion and frustrate. Isn't that what disappointment does? At the very least, it's frustrating. The dictionary defines disappointment as sadness caused by the unfulfillment of one's hopes or expectations to fail to meet the expectation or hope of. And then I heard today, I am your fulfillment center. You ever order something online, maybe off of Amazon, and what does it do? It goes to the what? Fulfillment Center. And then you get that email. Your delivery is on the way. And Jesus is saying, your delivery is on the way. I wrote down, wow. Canceled disappointment is the opposite of a canceled appointment. I was just telling you. All right. So, Jesus never said it's not my timing. All right, I spent a little bit of time on that. Hebrews 4, 7 says they're still awaiting a Sabbath rest for the people of God today. Hebrews, well, no, I'm not going to read that yet. I think I skipped something. All right, here we go. So he never said, it's not my timing. There was never a time when he said, you know what? You're right in the middle of an important lesson. Now, can you learn something when you're going through a trial? Absolutely, and we should. But I want to tell you something. The major way our teacher, the Holy Spirit, wants to teach us is through the Word of God. The Apostle Paul Paul told Timothy that the Word is profitable for doctrine, for correction, for instruction, and for training in righteousness. I can get the correction I need through the Word of God and have many, 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 many times. I can't tell you how many times I've been corrected by the Word of God because I'll just sit down and say, Lord, correct me. I'll tell you two examples where I was sorely corrected. Um... there was somebody that i mean who you know i mean how many of you know the words to the done me wrong song and the hard part is is when somebody does you wrong you feel justified right <laughs> even though it's wrong to justify that you've been treated wrong nobody was treated as wrong as jesus i mean bible said the bible says that he despised the shame When he bore our sins, he despised the shame. He did it for the joy set before him. But anyway, so somebody had done me wrong. And I was not happy. And I was really struggling with it. You ever have a time, I'm sure all of you had, where that person who did you wrong, it's like they live in your head rent free. (laughs) Right? I mean, you can't get them out of your head no matter what you do. It's like they're sitting. It's it's that 800-pound gorilla. Or like the saying goes, the elephant in the room. You just can't shake it. Let me ask the big question. Has anybody ever not had that happen? Some of you holier women. Okay. (laughs) And so that's what on this particular situation had happened. And um, I was praying about it because I was just, I, I couldn't get rid of it. I mean, it, it was interfering with my prayer life. It was interfering. It had captured my love walk and you, you name it. And, you know, the problem is faith works through love. So if you're not working in love, walking in love, your faith's not working. So it's, it's a catch-22. And so, I mean, I'm slaying some sacred cows right now. Man, I can feel it. And so, so uh, I sought the Lord for the word about the situation, and I wanted him to say, daughter, I will deal with that person. But that's not what he said. He gave me, I think it was Psalm 15, about the person who can ascend to the hill of the Lord, which I want to be there because that's Psalm 91. And it says, it gives the, the um, characteristics of the one who will ascend. And it says, who does not take up a reproach against a friend. And when I read that, I went, oops. And so I let go of that reproach really fast. On another occasion, I had, uh, a, it was a similar situation. This was years and years and years and years later. But it was a similar situation. And, and it was somebody I had just sewn and, sewn and sewn and sewn and sewn and sewn into. Just repeatedly. Just done them good, done them good, done them good. And then it was you know, there are seasons in everyone's life. And there are some relationships that are for life. And there are some relationships that are seasonal. And it doesn't mean there's anything wrong. It's just a different season. You know what I mean? And this person didn't like that. They had left and God had called them elsewhere, which was fine. And I have a job, and I have a, a fulfillment to do what I do with excellence, as much as I know to do, have a long way to go, but you know, we just take one step in front of the other. But the same thing started happening. I heard some things she was saying about me, and she was getting counsel from some of my close friends about me. And I was just ticked off. You ever had the thought, wow, after all I've done? And But it, so again, I had the, the problem with the elephant in the room is it begins to sit on your chest after a while and you can't breathe. And listen, I want my faith to work. So again, I went to the Word of God. I said, Lord, I'm not handling this well. I think you need to slap him off the face of the earth. That's just my opinion. It's my opinion. But... I just asked you to correct me because I just told you the word of God is profitable for correction and it's profitable for reproof, doctrine, reproof, correction, and training or instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be proficient and thoroughly equipped for every good work. And so I said, Lord, you know, reprove me, correct me. And boy, did he ever. And I, I want to say it's in Galatians. I'm not for sure. I heard it, and then I had to find it. And this is what it said. Are you ready? Who are you to judge another man's servant? I said, yes, sir. I have no right. I just release that right now. So, so but Jesus never said, and we're talking about healing, but I'm just trying to remove all the obstacles. There was never a time when he said, you know what, right, you're know what? you right in the middle of an important lesson. He never said, you need to go fast and pray. You need to submit to authority. You need to tithe. He never made anybody jump through hoops. This is the big one that I see so often. That is the tyranny of religion because religion says perform. You've got to dot every I. You have to cross every T. You won't get your miracle, or you won't even get your natural healing. I mean, God heals in the natural, He heals in the supernatural. We talked about that last week, but all healing comes from God. Because a doctor can give you medicine, but He can't make your body heal. Your body has to do that. Been praying for someone who had a very, very difficult surgery. And I mean, every day, two, three times a day, I was hearing from her, please pray the pain is unbearable. And oh, my gosh, I just hated that. And I mean, for one week, night and day, night and day, and in the morning, I'd have a text. had such a rough night. Oh, I just couldn't stand it for her. And I was praying, and I was praying and praying. But I knew it would turn, whether or not it's supernaturally, God turned off the pain cycle. Or whether her body did it. And the way it worked is her body did it. One week from the date of the surgery, the pain abated. But either way, it's the Lord. I mentioned last week that with both Delinda's sister and my own sister, you know, I was, when we were singing, Everything is Changing, which is one of my all-time favorite songs. I... Um, Remembered, I had forgotten this, it was one year ago today that when I left this meeting and I got in the car and I saw that my sister Kathy had repeatedly called, and it turned out it was her caregiver calling me, and when I called and she put Kathy on the phone, I heard the most desperate, most pain-filled voice I think I've ever heard in my life. Honestly, to not go back to that takes every bit of willpower, self-control I have in me. Just telling me I can't go on. And I remember my exact words. Are you ready to go be with Jesus? And she said, yes. And I said, then I release you. I will be there in a little bit. And, and it, it, it was three years from the time she was diagnosed honestly, what I would consider utter hell. I just, there's no good way to describe it. And Delinda's sister, Delinda's sister lived 10 years after the diagnosis, correct, which, you know, was wonderful. But with both of them, they were always looking, what else do I need to do? Have I covered everything? And I just remember always thinking, it's not by works lest any man should boast. Now, I'm not saying don't ask for wisdom. We should always ask for wisdom. But for all to always be focused on me, me, what do I do? What do I do? What is the next? And, and I remember Kathy would always say, I can't leave any stone unturned. Again, I'm not. If the Holy Spirit is guiding and directing you, great. But I can't, but she spent tens of thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars seeking everything under the sun. And honestly, her only hope was Jesus. And she's with him one year ago on this Sunday, actually. No more suffering, praise God. So you don't have to jump through hoops. But then the next part, and this is big. He never said we need to break generational curses over our life. Now, I went through a time, and I think probably most of us had, where we had to go through every generational curse, break every generational curse. Now, I'm going to qualify something. If you see something operating in your life that was passed down through the generations, then you need to begin to appropriate and live in the redemptive power of the blood. I love that song we sang by Cody Carnes, I Plead the Blood. That is a legal term because the blood says not guilty. But we went through, I mean, we would list every generational curse to 10 generations. And then we do it the next week and then we do it the following week and then we do it the following month. Then a year later, we do it again. That contradicts the scripture. And I, and I am not dodging any denomination or belief. I'm just telling you, I'm going to read the word of God to you. In Deuteronomy 28, 1 through 14, I'm not going to read it all. It lists the blessings of Abraham, you are powerful. You're blessed going out. You're blessed coming in. You're blessed in the field. You're blessed in the city. You're blessed in your offspring. You're blessed in your basket. You're blessed in your kneading bowl. Your enemies who come out against you one way will be defeated before your face. They will come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. The Lord will bless you in your storehouse. He'll bless all the work of your hands. I mean, it's wonderful, everything. You're blessed, 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 blessed. And then you get down to verse 15. But if you do not obey the voice of the Lord your God, doing everything he says, all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. Well, the problem is... There's not one of us righteous apart from Christ. Not one of us who can keep every dot and tittle of the law. That's why Jesus came in Romans 8. It says the just requirement of the law was fulfilled in Jesus. All right. So you read all these horrible curses in Deuteronomy 28. and You get to verses 60 and 61. You ready? Moreover, he will bring upon you all the diseases of Egypt of which you were afraid, and they shall cling to you. Also, every sickness, say every sickness, sickness. and every affliction, which is not written in the book of the law, the Lord will bring upon you until you are destroyed. That covers everything. Medical science still hasn't discovered every disease. Well, it's all under the curse of the law. Remember, he said, if you do not obey the voice of the Lord your God, all these curses will come upon you, and then it lists them. And it's very specific in a lot of those passages. It lists tumors. It lists inflammation, which doctors say is the root of almost every disease. And that's why we need to do whatever we need to do to bring our bodies into an anti-inflammatory state. You can talk to your doctor your nutritionist about that. I'm not going to go into it. I'm not an authority. I just know how. Because I've studied it. And so, and it's not Motrin, by the way, just to give you a hint. (laughs) But it covers everything. Now, when Jesus healed them all, if you recall the scriptures we read, it says that he healed every sickness and disease. What did he do? He covered what is written under the curse of the law. Okay, I'm trying to make this really easy. All right, so we see that all sickness and disease was listed under the curse of the law. Does that mean if you have a sickness or disease at your curse? Absolutely not. It just means that what is in force has come against you. I like the saying you're not the sick trying to get well, you're the well, and the devil's trying to make you sick. Because the enemy will always contest. Our well-being in every area, everything Jesus died to give us, dominion over sin, dominion over sickness and disease, dominion over poverty, lack, and shortage, everything he died to give us. And if we went through the seven ways Jesus fled, you'll see every one of them. The enemy's going to contest that. Why? Because in Ephesians 6, it says, we put on the armor of God that we would stand against the strategies and deceptions of the evil one. He's a deceiver and a liar, and his weapon is deception. So if he can get you to eat the fruit of lies and believe the deception, you'll have it. That's why we fight the good fight of faith. So I'm not telling you just relax Nothing will ever happen. That is absolutely not true. If that were true, you would not be told to put on the full armor of God. So we are supposed to be armed and extremely dangerous to him, to the devil. All right, so I read to you every sickness and every disease and affliction is under the curse of the law, all the diseases of Egypt. And if you watch advertisements, I've told you many times in my younger days, every advertisement was about soap products. Now every advertisement is big pharma. Why? They're selling you disease. One in every four, one in every 10, one in a, and then I don't know if it was Congress or who it was, made them. Tell you the side effects. Yeah. And it's got, and I'm not, t- take, please take your medicine. Oh, please, Jesus, take your medicine. If you're supposed to get off under your doctor's care, the Lord will tell you that. But before you take your medicine, say I take authority over every cursed side effect on this medication, you will do only good for me and no harm. I mean, you better pray over it. And so anyway, and then in the background, there's a soft music. Listing, and there's flowers, and there's beautiful people in pretty clothes, sitting by the pool or the beach, drinking, you know, something blue. And, and it lists all the side effects, stroke, cancer, and death. So, anyway, I just thought I'd get that in. So, then you go to Galatians 3.13, here you go. Christ purchased our freedom, redeeming us from the curse of the law. I just read the curse of the law. And it's condemnation by himself becoming a curse for us. So he became every sickness and every disease when he took those wounds. For it is written in the scripture, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Now, in the Passion, it says, cursed is everyone, doubly cursed, who hangs on a tree. And it says that he dissolved the curse. And so, I think that a wonderful prayer is if you are afflicted, if you have a disease or sickness in your body... Just to say simply these words, according to Deuteronomy 28, 60 and 61, the sickness of, and you list it, let's just say heart disease, is a curse of the law. But according to Galatians 3, 13, Christ purchased my freedom. He redeemed me from the curse of the law. He became that curse for me. And therefore, you will not stay in my body. Speak to it. Well, I did. It just didn't happen. Will you quit? I was listening to a testimony yesterday. It was so beautiful. She said she had a tumor, or not a tumor, a uh, growth on her gallbladder, and she was in horrific pain, terrible pain. And they wanted to do all this stuff to her besides surgery, this, that, and the other. And, and uh, her daddy came to her, and he said to her, I want you to start seeing Jesus in your gallbladder. Every every minute, you just see Jesus in your gallbladder. And So she began to see Jesus in her gallbladder. And then she went to a prayer line, and when she got prayed for, pal, never had it again. Went away, and that was decades ago. So, this morning, I looked up the part of the armor called the breastplate of righteousness. And I had forgotten this, but did you know the breastplate covered all of their vital organs? When a Roman soldier put on his breastplate, it went from here to here, front and back. And the only way the enemy could penetrate that is if there was a crack in the breastplate where he would take a small sword called a makara and jab it through the crack. What is that breastplate of righteousness? It's knowing I'm right with God because of Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.21, the great exchange. Remember, Christianity is not a changed life. It's an exchange life. And in that exchange, he became our sin. We became his righteousness or his right standing with God. So that means I am right with God for one reason, Jesus Christ. He is the reason. And so what I'm saying to you is to get well, you don't have to break every generational curse. You just say, Jesus, okay, high blood pressure runs in my family, but the buck stops with Christ. And when I hear people say, well, this runs in the family, I'm thinking, well, you're going to get it then. If that's what your faith is, that's what you're going to get. What should you say? Well, that came down the generational line, but it doesn't come in, in my line. Because Christ Jesus redeemed me by his blood from that curse. That word redeem means to ransom. In other words, there's a kidnapper, the devil, who tried to snatch you out of your dominion and authority. And Jesus paid the ransom to get you back with the price of his blood. All right. So, I've I've said this many times. and One of my favorite stories is John chapter 5. And um, it's the man at the pool of Bethesda who'd been sick and paralyzed for 38 years. He couldn't walk for 38 years. And in his case, there are very few cases, very few that are recorded where sin caused the person's affliction, or at least that's recorded. But, you know, Jesus healed him. And then he said, go and sin no more. He didn't say, all right, now, come on. I want you right now. I want you to start confessing everything you've ever done. Why do you think you're laying here sick? I mean, now let's let's go through your whole life. Let's go through the past 38 years. Are you in self-pity? Are you in unforgiveness? Because other people are pushing you out of the way when you're trying to get into the water, stirred up by an angel to get healed. So you must be offended and have great bitterness and resentment. So let's deal with that and then I'll heal you. He didn't do that. He said, rise, take up your bed and walk. And then he said, now go and sin no more. Be fascinated with Jesus. Be fascinated with Jesus. So they simply came to Jesus expecting him to help and he healed them in every situation. Hebrews ten seven through 9. Jesus said, Behold, I am here coming to do your will, O God, to fulfill what is written of me in the volume of the book. And when he said that, when he said just before, you have neither desired nor have you taken delight in sacrifices and offerings, all of which are offered according to that law. And then he went on to say, behold, here I am coming to do your will. Jesus said, I've come to do your will. Jesus healed. So what is the will of God? Come on. I can't... Stand it. I don't hear this anymore because nobody would dare say it around me. I can't stand it when people say, if it be thy will to heal me, Lord, it's always his will. Why doesn't everybody get healed? I don't know. I know why some people don't get healed, but I don't know. I don't know why, why people that seem, it just, everything is great and they, they don't, I don't know. And neither do you. But sometimes I've shared some of the stories. Sometimes the Lord will show you why. And it's, I believe, so that we can learn and grow. But not all the time. People that I've dearly, dearly, dearly loved died far sooner than their time. I don't know why. That's between them and the Lord. And it's like Bill Johnson said when his beautiful wife, Benny... Went to heaven. Some things are a mystery. But let's just do our part. Do what we know to do. And trust the Lord and trust the word of God. And be fascinated with Jesus. Eighteen times in the New Testament, Jesus said, your faith has made you whole. They didn't have to do anything to get his attention. They already had his attention. Because Jesus was moved With compassion. I just encourage you, stay fascinated with Jesus. Hebrews 12, 2, looking away from all that will distract to Jesus, the leader and source of our faith, and also its finisher. He for the joy of obtaining the prize, where the prize that was set before him endured the cross, despising and ignoring the shame, and is now seated. At the right hand with the throne of God in Hebrew, or Ephesians 2, 6 says, And he raised us up, and he seated us with him, together, giving us joint seating in the heavenly places with Christ. Fix your eyes on Jesus. That is one of the hardest things to do. But when you're going through a trial, but you have to look away and look to. Look away from the distraction, look to Jesus. What about, but you don't understand, my body's screaming in pain. I really, I actually do understand that more than you know. Pain has a voice. Talk back. And I've told many times Jeanette's story. You know, she's a gifted prophetic artist, and the enemy tried to strike her down where she couldn't use her hands. Were they actually paralyzed you just couldn't use them? They were paralyzed. And she was on the ground. I mean, just Lay, I literally laid out and she heard the voice of the Holy Spirit say, kick back. So what's our excuse? I mean, the lady was paralyzed. Kick back. And she began to kick back. And she's here. How, how young are you, Jeanette? 81? 82. And she looks 55 and still paints. She's beautiful. She kicked her. You can come kick me. I need some of that kick sometime. (laughs) They already had his attention because Jesus was moved with compassion. I just encourage you, stay fascinated with Jesus. That word, fascinate, means strongly attracted to, to draw irresistibly the attention of someone. Again, Don't think about whether or not you have enough faith. Faith doesn't look at itself. It doesn't look to see if it has enough faith. It doesn't look to see if there's enough power in the room. Faith looks at Jesus. And when we stay fascinated with Jesus, our healing comes. We're going to close there today. We'll continue next week, of course, is brunch. And if you haven't signed up, we are really full. But we're, you know, there's always people that, get their kidney on brunch day, and so they don't cancel. And so we're, we're going to take a few more. So get your reservation, and if you don't have it. But I want to close with the testimony. Tiffany, mark where I cut off so that I can mark it when, I, when I'm finished. Please. I was raised, and this is not against any people or against any denomination or anything like that, so please just hear my heart. But I was raised where you had to confess your sins to a mediator. That's how I was raised. And I remember as a little girl, and I'll tell you why that's not biblical, because the Bible says there is one mediator between God and man, Jesus Christ. And I remember as a little girl, I think I was six or seven years old, and I remember very clearly going into the confessional and making up things. Because I was told I had to confess my sins, and I didn't even know what a sin was. So I made up things. And I remember telling the mediator that I'd stolen. I mean, I, that I hit somebody. I don't know. I made up all these things because I thought, well, if I'm going to confess it, it might as well be good. <laughs> you know, but the problem with that was it kept me in a state of sin consciousness that I had until I was in my 20s. Now, you know, I've told you before, once you're 20 years old, your neural pathways are formed. And the only way out is to renew your mind. A lot of us are still living in the drama and the trauma of what happened between birth and 20 years old. Most people honestly are. I minister all the time. I see it all the time. Wounded behaviors, most of them happen by the time you're 18 years old. And if you don't recognize what they are, you'll continue to act them out. I told you this summer, coming up, I wrote a Bible study called Unpunished. It's taken me 70 years, 70 years to get out of the mindset Of earning grace. Get out of the mindset of if I do something wrong, I'm going to get punished because I was punished so much. And that's not the Father. That's why we have to be fascinated with Jesus. He'll never punish you, He doesn't require you to pay for your healing, for your sins, or for anything else. He just extends hands with nail scars filled with love and a back filled with stripes that he offers health. And he had his most beloved friend, John the Apostle, say, I pray above all things that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Let's just stay fascinated with Jesus. Let's pray. Father, show us how to be fascinated with Jesus. To take our eyes off of all the distractions of symptoms, of diagnosis, of mental and emotional hurt, of what people did to us, of the fears of the future, what's going to happen to our children, what's going to happen to money, what's going to happen to the world. Just to stay fixated on our Savior, our Deliverer, the one who ransomed us with his blood. Because a mind on Jesus is a mind of peace. And peace is wholeness. And so we come to you, Prince of Peace, and we ask that your peace would rule over our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thanks again for joining us. If you enjoyed the podcast, subscribe and share it with a friend. You can hear more messages by visiting ChosenEssay.com. Be sure to follow us at Essay on Facebook and Instagram.